Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mr. New York, Mark Simone on WOR. Ooh, we got a big hour coming up. Lots to get to. We'll get to Donald Trump, uh, Russia, Syria. We'll get to uh, Georgia. Big election today. This is very important for the Democrats. We'll get to uh, Megyn Kelly. If anybody's interested, you can have her. NBC is having crisis meetings today, trying to figure out how to get rid of her, what to do with the $20 million contract. They've quietly approached the Murdochs, seeing if they would be interested in buying out the contract and taking her back. I don't think so. Uh, I think if all else fails and they're stuck with her, I think they would give her an MSNBC show. Figure, you know, her success was in Fox cable news, put her there. I mean, if you had to pay her off, you got to do something with it. Hey, by the way, I, I don't know what's going on, but MSNBC is back at number one and uh, they're beating Fox now, except for Hannity. Hannity's still strong. He's the number one show on Fox. But otherwise, uh, they're having a little trouble there. It's a big uh, anti-Trump audience out there, apparently, huh? Yeah, I don't know if it's uh, that Fox is slipping or that MSNBC, I think it's more just MSNBC is way above their regular numbers. The tide is very high there right now because of the Trump hatred. Yeah. And I think it spikes every now and then. Like uh, they did, they were on top one week and then they went back down below Fox for a few weeks. It turned out one of the reasons was Rachel Maddow was sick. But I think there are spikes when the Trump haters think there's action, something happening. So... When uh, Mueller, when the when the uh, unconfirmed report came out that Mueller might be looking at obstruction of justice, I think that sent all the haters back to MSNBC for all the details. Did you watch MSNBC? I was watching yesterday. It's fascinating. I usually don't know. It's fascinating to watch because you watch Fox, like you watch Hannity. They got like twenty different topics per show, and they're all over the world. Here's something on uh, Syria. Here's what's going on in. Uh, Georgia with that election. Uh, here's going on with the law about the kids and their phone. I mean, it's like all over the world. You watch this MSNBC all hour, all day, every hour. It's all over. Mueller, obstruction. Obstruction, Mueller. Mueller, Comey, obstruction. I, I tend just, to prefer <laughs> CNN. Yeah. Well, CNN is a little better. Yeah. Uh, only, I mean, it's just as biased, but there's more action going right. on. Uh, and they have uh, balanced panels. It's like 17 liberals <laughs> against one Democrat. But see, at least you get your point in there somewhere. Whereas uh, <laughs> MSNBC, it's three liberals. It's a moderate liberal debating an extreme liberal. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do over there. Uh, the five is kind of the weak point in the lineup. So wait a minute. What's going to happen Sunday with Megyn Kelly? They're not, they don't have anything to promote yet. Yeah, they only got to get to August and then uh, Sunday night football so takes over. So long way to August. Yeah, you're right. It's like <laughs> at this rate, <laughs> a lot of weeks. The problem is she was in third place for two weeks, and now she's dropped to fourth place. And she could go to fifth place. A cable network may beat her. So oh, gosh. she's got a problem. <laughs> uh, I think they are talking to the Murdochs about getting them to take her back. I don't know if that works. I think, I'm just predicting this. I don't know this. I predict at some point they'll tell her to fake an illness just to get her off the air for a couple of weeks. You know, like Rachel Maddow was gone for two weeks. She had yeah. the flu. I think I think they'll get her to fake being sick for a few weeks. And they'll convince her 
It, it's best for you. Get off the air for a few weeks and let's restart the whole thing. This is a disaster. Let's retool, restart uh, the whole thing. Now, the problem is <laughs> she gets $20 million a year and she can't do the entire show. She only does the first 15 minutes. And then these real journalists take over. But they're really uh, seasoned veterans. They look like 60 minutes quality. So she looks like she's doing the weather in Cleveland or something, like some weather girl. She doesn't look like up to them. So, And why do they call it Sunday Nights with Megyn Kelly if she's only there for the first yeah. story? It's Sunday Nights with four people, Megyn Kelly first. That's all it is. <laughs> but the other guys come on. Uh, Cynthia McFadden. Yeah, she's good. Well, they got real gravitas. You know, this Harry Smith and the other guy with the white hair. I don't know who he is, but when he starts talking, it's believable. But uh, she looks like some weather bimbo from a local <laughs> station reading questions off a piece of paper. So we'll see what happens. Uh, there's a big special election today in Georgia. Uh, how many? We've had three special elections this year. Where no, uh, This might be the third, yeah. There was just one. The third uh, or the fourth? I think there are three. Well, I'm not sure, but there have been a couple of these special elections where there's a seat open in Congress and they have to have a special election. And Democrats take this real seriously. In each case, it's a Republican who left to go into uh, the Trump administration. So then they have to fill the seat and there's a special election. So to Democrats, it's crucial to gain seats in the House or Senate. So they go nuts on these elections. I mean, Soros and all the big money. Obama resources, everything is put into these, and they've lost every single one of them this year. And I think they'll lose today. Uh, this one they've put more money into. You know how they're saying this guy is the guy, this candidate? Yeah. This guy can really communicate. This guy, that nobody's ever had more money, more talent. They've been saying that in each special election, and they lose. <laughs> but I think the reason they lose is most people, forget inside the bubble here where we all live. Forget New York, Washington. L.A., most people in the middle of America are thinking to themselves, Trump is stumbling, doesn't seem to know uh, how to get things done in Washington, but this kind of guy figures it out. We figure by the end of the year he'll get going and figure it out. They look at the Democrats and they think, these people are insane right now. They're crazed. They, they Maybe they have issues and positions, but they forgot about them, and they're just in the street yelling like maniacs. I mean, you got to admit, they look absolutely hysterical right now. Okay, that's a good description. Let's hope that Trump does straighten things out here. <laughs> okay. He's, yeah, he's a little bumbling right now. <laughs> Let's say you go into a, a store and there's somebody in line screaming like a maniac. Something went wrong and they're in Starbucks and they're screaming at the cashier, screaming. Now, you look at them, they look like a nice, well-dressed person. They probably have a job, a family. They probably have uh, things they do in life. But right now, all you see is a screaming maniac. <laughs> Yeah, Just think, this guy, this person looks like a <laughs> nut. So that's the whole Democratic Party right now, yelling and screaming and carrying on like nuts. So if they have any positions or any reason to vote for them, everybody's forgotten about it right now. So I think that's why they're losing every special election. So they got to calm down. Um, hey, here in New York, Mayor de Blasio, speaking of screaming like a nut, we have a big problem. The mayor uh, always had control of our school systems, which makes sense. New York City controls its schools. And then I think it was in the Lindsay administration, which wasn't going well. The whole Lindsay administration was a mess. They gave up control of the school system to Albany because it was just – they couldn't handle anything. So it was just one thing to get rid of, to get rid of that burden. So Albany took over. And then it was Bloomberg that fought to get control back because it it makes sense that we control our own schools, obviously. Right. So we're about to lose it. The agreement expires. uh, I think it's tomorrow, right? 
Well, I don't know when the agreement expires, but the legislature is only going to be in session until tomorrow. Oh, okay. The agree- well, the agreement expires June 30th. So in other words, by tomorrow, you've yeah. got to get this done. Right. And it's up to Mayor de Blasio to retain control of the school system here in New York. And he went ballistic yesterday. Uh, the problem is they got these charter schools that are very successful, and they're performing much better than our city schools. Charter schools are getting better results. They're working miracles for the worst students in the worst neighborhoods. But the mayor, like most politicians, is in, in bed with the teachers' unions. So he, even though they're doing great and we could learn a lot from them, he wants to crush these charter schools and put them out of business. They're embarrassing the no, teachers' he's not, unions. No, well, the issue is the Republicans want to expand the number of charter schools. Yes. He's, that's, he's holding back on that. That's Well, all. because that's he's in bed with the them. teachers' union and uh, it's a real simple thing. Anywhere else in the world, if this were in the business world, if this were Apple – out there uh, in Tim Cook world or Steve Jobs world, and he said, this new charter school thing is performing 900% better than the public schools. You would race over to that department and find out what they're doing so you could do it in your public schools. Or you would get Eva Moskowitz, who started these charter schools, please come consult our public schools. Show us how to do what you did. That's what normal people do. (laughs) Well, they're (laughs) selecting the best students, too. Uh, not really. Well, they're, but they're, they're selecting motivated students. That that argument okay. was debunked. They, they, that the teachers union tried that on them. Well, they're only taking the best students. Not true. They're taking all kinds of students. And remember, they're in the worst possible neighborhoods, and they're outperforming everybody. Now, wouldn't you, being a smart guy, go to them and say, "Please show us what to do." The the problem. Oh, see, this is now here. This is only in the political world. <laughs> only in democratic you political. To, you have to look at the whole city. You can't say, well, they, these are you know these little pockets are great. It just doesn't. It's not replicated around the the city. Yeah, you know why? <laughs> because our our schools don't copy what they do. You, if you were anybody in the business world, you'd be pleading with them, show us what to do, or you'd send a bunch of experts over there, study what they do, and copy it. You'd be like Samsung. Hey, go take that Apple phone apart and but, figure out how we can duplicate but, it. But generally speaking, the students that go to these charter schools have very involved parents, um, you know, pretty stable yeah, home lives. The, They're motivated, and that's not the case for the entire school population. It, I, and if you did, if, you, if only the motivated kids went to charter schools, the rest went to the public schools, it would be horrendous. But that's a teachers' union talking point, well, which I think has, it's reality. Been, has been debunked. They've taken tons and tons, and not just in New York. In other cities, charter schools have worked. But uh, that's the attitude of the mayor. Uh, crush them, hide them, sweep them under the rug. We don't want to hear about them. Uh, just help the teachers union. You've got to admit the teachers union has Teachers crushed. union is powerful, yes. No, not powerful. I was going to say they're a disaster and they've screwed up our school system in many ways. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> what, are you getting paid off by the teachers union too? <laughs> no. 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 What do you got lobbyists in the newsroom talking about? <laughs> so here's no, there's the a lot of good teachers out there and a lot of good principals. I know and a many, lot of good schools in, in the school system. I know many of them, and they all tell me, get rid of this teacher's union. <laughs> They're horrible. And they'll all tell you, all the great teachers out there and all the great principals will tell you about the multi-layers of crap bureaucracy that takes all the money. You know, when you put money in the school system, 94% of it doesn't get to the classroom. I mean, it's those layers and layers and layers of bureaucracy doing nothing. And all those teachers will tell you how they're held back by all this crazy stuff. And not, and not to mention, there's also a lot of really bad teachers that are in that system they can't get rid of. That's true. That's yeah. true. It's a mess. So, But Mayor de Blasio, rather than try to work this out, hey, listen. Well, the, the, the alternative is you create 32 different school boards. 
So each neighborhood would have its own school board, yeah. like it was in the past. You think that's unlike, a good unlike idea? Unlike now, where each neighborhood has 14 school boards. Every Under the new system, each neighborhood had one school board. Now they've got layers of school boards and boards well, above that, boards. I don't think that system worked fine because, you know, there were pockets that just had terrible schools and you couldn't get out of them. Well, you see, now you've had a demonstration here. This is the way it works. You can't, <laughs> you can't fix anything. You know, if you applied that kind of logic to Apple, we the Apple... Uh, iPhone 8 would look like the Palm Trio from you. You can't change anything. It has to stay the same. <laughs> Everything has to look the same. So, But listen, let me defend the mayor on this. Yes. Uh, he's got to run for re-election every four years. And you, it's teacher's union. You call him up. Here's a million bucks we raised. Here's <laughs> It would guarantee you uh, 900,000 votes. And here's a million in cash for your election. Okay. What's he supposed to do? That's right. And he took, what did he take in the last election from them? 500,000? What are you going to do? Not defend them? They gave you 500,000. <laughs> Plus, they give you a lot of votes. They turn out the vote. Yeah, what are you going to do? Go against them? He's stuck. He's in a little dilemma there. Hey, uh, another subway was stuck between stations for 20 minutes. Do you know that some of the riders, this was morning rush hour, went in between the cars. In, if you're in between the cars, you can get out. And they got out onto the tracks and started to walk to the next station. Well, that's not safe. Not safe. And you ever look out the window when you're going and you see those big rats? Yeah, and yeah, I would never get out. <laughs> I don't care how close I was. But it's claustrophobic. It's scary. Remember, the heat in there is unbelievable. Yeah. And So this is all Governor Cuomo's fault. Mayor de Blasio, not to blame for this. Governor Cuomo single-handedly controls the subway. The mayor gets seats on the board, and the governor will say, I, don't, I only have a minority of seats on the board. The board has nothing to do with running the subway. They only have well, they have a meeting once every couple of months where they vote on things. It's the commissioner of the subway, the MTA commissioner, who runs the subway. That's Cuomo's guy. We used to have very serious subway commissioners. For the last few years, he's put in these political hacks, these favors. He put them in. Uh, and the last one especially screwed up the trains. And it's a mess. Now we have an interim executive director. Yeah. And he's looking for a new director. This is crucial now. Uh does he hire a real serious, like a great uh, CEO like Peter Calico or Richard Ravitch, who was once the commissioner? Or does he put in some political hack who doesn't know what he's doing? It all comes down to what they spend the money on. you got to buy the stuff that makes the trains move. you got to buy subway signals. you got to buy fans for the switching stations. you got to buy pumps to clean the water. That's the kind of stuff. But these guys don't do that. They buy new subway cars. You can't even move the cars you got now. They're buying more. All that's going to do is clog it up more. Or they build a new train station. Oh, we built a new train station. They only want things they can show you on the news. Look at the new station. Look at the new car. That's why they don't do it. You can't say, look at the fans we bought for the switching station. <laughs> That's the problem. So it's all Governor Cuomo. Take it out on him. Uh, election time. Let's go to uh, Albert here in New Jersey. Albert, are you a yeah, teacher? Yeah, good morning, Mark. Are you a here's teacher? My, here's my thought. How can, how can Joe Bartlett defend a system and a union where people sit in rubber rooms for years, pick up $100,000 a year. <laughs> well, there is a lot of that going on. For their trial. There how is you, a lot. How, you, how can you defend that? That's yeah. ridiculous. They shouldn't, that should not be. But, I'm, you know, top, a... top to bottom, curriculum, everything. There's all kinds of crap in that union system. That's one reason the charter schools, they're like Apple. They move fast. They, they adjust. They tweak. They do everything they need to do. Oh, okay, I mean, the union has some flaws. I, yeah, okay. Yeah, the okay. charter school is like an iPhone, and the union public schools are like an old walkie-talkie from World War II. <laughs> so, but are you suggesting that the charter school formula can be replicated throughout the entire district, and everybody would 
um, flourish if it were a charter? No, I'm saying we do what every great leader in the business world does. Go watch them, study them, pick it apart, see what they do that we could adopt. There are probably maybe five things they do that would improve our schools. That kind of stuff. All right. That's what, you know, when the new Apple phone comes out, what do you think Samsung does? They buy them and take them apart, reverse engineer them, say, what could we copy out of here? What can we learn from this? That's what you do. Well, they don't have unions, so. Oh, right. Again with the unions. <laughs> anyway, when we come back, uh, we got lots to get to. Hey, we'll get to uh, President Trump, and we'll get to the swamp, and the tech leaders met with him yesterday. Here's the reason the swamp, uh, Republicans and Democrats, have to get rid of Trump. We'll get to that coming up next on 710-WOR. Check out the uh, webpage. A lot of good stuff up there. Watch uh, Megan Kelly. This is one of the great moments in her show. She actually farts live on TV. Watch. It's probably the best moment ever in her show. And then I love this video. This is the funniest, saddest country song ever. And listen to the lyrics of this. He sings, I think my dog's a Democrat. It's really good. And uh, watch this video. It's Joe Pesci as Darth Vader. I think it really improves the movie. It's all up on the webpage. Go to 710WOR.com. Then go over to the Mark Simone page. Or just go to 710WOR.com slash Mark. 710WOR.com slash Mark. Mark Simone on 710 WOR. Hey, we'll take some calls. 800 321 0710 is the number. 800 321 0710. Speaking of uh, Governor Cuomo messing up everything, uh, commuter trains, LIRR, all of that, a disaster. The summer of hell, that's what he's, even he's admitting it. Uh, now he's talking about maybe we'll give you a discount. How do you like that? <laughs> Can't get to work. Screws up your trains, completely destroys the whole commuter system that people depend on. It's absolutely crucial. Uh, but we'll give you a discount. <laughs> the worst disaster ever. But we'll give you a discount. That's his solution to all of that. Uh, just remember all this at election time. All right, let's take some calls. Let's go to Jim in Westchester. Hey, Jim. Yes, Mark. Uh, first off, you and Joe, great. Love the show. I've got- Three reasons why MSMCC is uh, MSLSD rather is up in the ratings. Go ahead. Uh, first one is Russia. It's like WTF. You have to. You, you hear all this stuff about Russia. You're wondering what the heck's going on. So you turn tune them in to see what you know. Do they have a point? Yeah. Okay. That's not. That's pretty good. You know, it is like Russia. Uh, I mean, like uh, rest. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's what they do in a wrestling, World Wrestling Foundation. They create a big boogeyman, a big demon, and then they do shows about it. You're right. Okay, that's good. Number two. Right, and, and, since, and since they don't have a point, you keep watching it. Yeah, number two. Uh, the turmoil with Fox in the, past, in the recent past. Uh, you know, Kelly O'Reilly recently with Hannity, with the boycotting and everything. Yeah, Hannity's still doing well. Hannity uh, still number one. Uh, but you're right, uh, 8 o'clock. Tucker's doing okay, but not what O'Reilly was doing. And the five is struggling. Uh, number right, three. Right, but, um, point three. Went there to see what they're, you know. We got to go to point three. Okay. Uh, the thir- le- last but not least, the entertainment value of watching them go crazy is precious. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, there are a lot of people who don't agree. I watch them all the time. Ann Coulter's a big MSNBC fan. It is fun watching. 
<laughs> You're helping the ratings then. Oh, yeah. You know, it's fun to watch that Rachel Maddow because it's such a kooky, oddball show. She, first of all, she's got all her crazy, kooky theories. But to watch her, just from a broadcasting point of view, you know, you watch Hannity. Here's three great guests. Here's some great video. Here's a great uh, monologue. Video. But it's fast moving. It moves. But you watch this Rachel Maddow. She nitpicks one little thing for 14 minutes, sometimes 25 minutes. She just looks in the camera, no graphics. She just talks about some little wonky, nitpicky thing for 25 minutes. And you can't believe, outside of PBS or NPR, anybody could do this. And let's go to uh, Max in New Jersey. Hey, Max. Hey, how's it going, Mark? Love your show. Thanks. Hey, I got to know what Joe Bartlett loves about the teachers' union. It's like you put, you put facts right in front of his face. and he Well, just, you wow. know what it is. A lot of these guys, they're old Time Democrats, old-fashioned Democrats, and the unions used to work hard and protect people. You're not going to get rid of it. Yeah, well, it's not the union to get rid of it. Listen, they, they used to love the unions, and the unions were great, and then the unions became bad. You know, there's an old saying in Washington, and I think this applies. Whatever starts out as a movement always turns into a business, and then it eventually becomes a racket. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened here. Hey, the whole swamp, all these people— uh, you know, here's one reason they don't like Trump. The Democrats and the Republicans don't like Trump. And one reason they want him gone, under the old system, the unions, the businesses, they hired lobbyists and they showed up with suitcases full of money at election time. Here's millions to run for reelection. And then you do them favors. You grant them legislation, whatever they need. That's the system. Trump shows up and tries to bust that all up. Do you see all the tech guys yesterday? He said, they're all in a room. He says to them, if any problem, anything you need, call me. Here's my number. Call me on my cell phone. If you want something, you need help, call me. We'll help you. You can see in the video, he said, call here, call this person, call, call anybody here. We don't have a chain of command. You call anybody anytime you're in trouble and you need anything. Do you know what Congress thinks when they see that? <laughs> we don't want that. We want you to have to get a lobbyist and come here with a ton of money for us. They hate that. And frankly... The tech guys and the CEOs, they like it, but they don't like it. You know, the old system, when you showed up with lobbyists and a ton of money, you knew you were going to get your favor. But this way, with Trump, you call him, he could actually say, well, let's see, let's talk it over. They don't want to talk anything over. <laughs> Here's the money. Pass the bill. <laughs> so this, the swamp wants him gone. They don't like this system. And well, that, he's not doing much right now anyway, so... Well, he is behind the scenes. He's lifting a ton of regulations. A lot of CEOs are getting a lot of help. That's why the economy is going crazy and booming. Uh, he's raised the uh, stock market a trillion dollars, and that's from lifting hundreds and hundreds of deadly regulations. Hey, we'll ask uh, Jake Novak. He'll be with us next. He's a great, brilliant writer uh, and producer, CNBC. Also, wait, he's going to tell you, you're not going to believe what they're doing in California. Legislation to help illegals. You, this one you won't believe. We'll get to that next on 710 WOR. Mr. New York, Mark Simone. The Mark Simone Show. 710 WOR. Well, let's uh, let's talk to Jake Novak. He's one of the smartest guys around. Uh, what brilliant columnist. You can read his columns at CNBC.com or just follow Jake Novak on Twitter. Jake Novak, how you doing? Oh, thanks so much for having me. Doing hey, well. always great to have you. Hey, am I right? We we're talking about Trump, uh, President Trump, and he always brings in all the CEOs. Yesterday was all the tech CEOs, and uh, I noticed at the meetings he said, if you guys have anything you need, any problems, just call me, call here anytime, we'll help you. The uh, swamp, they don't like that system. They'd rather have you hire your lobbyists and your donors and, and do things that way, wouldn't they? 
Well, I mean, it's a whole industry. I mean, it's like telling uh, someone that, you know, we don't need your your services anymore. So, I mean, it's one of the many things that he does that, I mean, he irks the swamp 24-7. And sometimes it's not uh, it's, it's not great, but most of the time it is. And it's uh, it's one of the things that they just can't get over him. I mean, it's one thing to not to oppose the president's policies. His very existence in the White House, I think, is bothering them constantly. Yeah. And uh uh, I think the those CEOs, especially the tech guys, because they, they don't always agree with Trump, they look a little confused in those meetings. Like, we're supposed to hate this guy, but he's being so nice to us. Well, if there's one thing we know about tech CEOs so far is that the, their brilliance in, in technology and, in some cases, business, maybe we underestimated that. But their political savvy has been shown time and again to not be very good. They really are naive about politics in many, many ways. It's not necessarily PR. Some of them do PR very well. But frankly, this is new to them, and uh, it's one of those things where President Trump could actually get a a much more of a foothold. If these were the old-style business leaders or leaders from other industries, maybe he wouldn't have as much uh, of a chance even to talk to them. But having them in the White House at all, there's a lot of optics involved with this presidency and and, and in all politics. And I think Trump understands that. He understands that from his years in TV. And just sitting down with them and taking the photo ops is a big victory for him. And these tech CEOs aren't really sure where to go one way or the other. They don't want to say no to the White House, but they also can't just uh, not show up. So it's a, it's a difficult situation for them, and I think it favors Trump, at least for now. Boy, that's an interesting point you made. You're right. Because you know, like the old-time Jack Welch CEOs, their whole life they've been dealing with mayors and governors and their unions, and these guys have never had that kind of experience. No, and it shines through. Some of them have tried to run for office. You know, in California, there have been some, some, some uh, examples where they've tried to run for office and it's failed. And Mark Zuckerberg has had a really mixed record in his political stances and things he tries to do. I mean, that huge donation that he gave to the Newark uh, public school system, which has been shown to be in a complete waste. He's doubling down on it in something he's trying to do in the Bay Area. Maybe it'll be done a little bit better. This was done, listen, I'm sure there was some altruistic reason. I'm not saying this is, he was just doing it just for public relations. But even if he was just doing it for public relations, he certainly didn't get much of a bang for his buck <laughs> because people don't talk about it that much anymore. And the reason why they don't talk about it so much is because the schools still stink. So this is an example of how fools and their money sometimes get separated. And Mark Zuckerberg is by no means a fool when it comes to technology and social media, but he, he's still a political novice, and that, that's, you know, that, that's pretty, pretty evident. Well, that's interesting. Hey, uh, Jake Novak, you can read him at CNBC.com. Tell us about California, what they're proposing on state legislation. This is the, the craziest, dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, I think it's more than a proposal. It's just going to happen. They are going to give almost $50 million to uh, these community activist groups that literally provide legal support for illegal aliens who are being deported or being threatened with deportation. Now, remember, you have to remember the pecking order here. We're not necessarily talking about families with children here who are completely innocent of all crimes. Remember, the pecking order and the deportation that President Trump has been talking about is kind of going after people who have some kind of criminal criminal record first. So if you're going to be spending that kind of money to defend illegal aliens who are, you know, on the block to get deported, that's, you know, that's who you're going to be helping. Uh, in any other state, almost any other state, this would be incredible. And, and California has a lot of fiscal issues. They're, they're, on, on the bottom line, they look like they're doing better than they were a few years ago, but that has a lot to do with the, the tech sector that we were talking about before that's paying more in taxes. But in general... There's still, I mean, the inland cities, you know, in, in California are dealing with terrible problems, and a lot of it has to do with, with immigrants that they can't absorb properly. And to take the taxpayers' money and to put it into the hands of groups that are trying to defend non-citizens 
just sounds insane, and it is insane, but it seems to carry over well with some of the major voters in California. But I think in the rest of the country, when they hear about the story, which may or may not get more publicity, I guess it's going to get more now that we're talking about it. Yeah. I think this is going to be a big boost for Trump, a big boost for Trump. Hey, when they write this uh, legislation, they never say illegals, right? They, they actually call them immigrants. And that's a really, really important point that you bring up there, Mark. I happen to think that some of these policies would not be as unpopular and wouldn't be such a powder keg if they wouldn't also throw in the Orwellian language. It wasn't just the, by the way, Mark, it wasn't just in the actual legislation that they didn't write the word illegal or the more politically correct undocumented immigrant. In the L.A. Times reportage of the story, they just said immigrants. So you, would, you read those stories, you open up the paper, you would think it's regular immigrants legally here who are getting deported. Hey, I would donate money to support that, you know, to, to try to block that deportation. They were legal immigrants, but they're not. And I think that is what is the last straw for a lot of people. That really starts to make people feel like someone's trying to pull a fast one here. They're not telling us the truth. They're deliberately using funky language to cover up what's really happening here. And you know what? One of the things that I found in my research for this column that really surprised me, you know, the Gallup poll over the last 17 years has shown no significant difference in the way Americans feel about illegal immigration. You wouldn't know that if you watched the news and watched the politicians over that time. It's still about 60% or a little bit more than that of Americans who are really opposed to it and think it's a big problem. And when you realize that, the idea that, that Trump's really based his campaign and started his campaign on illegal immigration now seems more like the logical move. Like, why didn't anyone else do this? Yeah. Because 60% of Americans going one way on anything is rare, right? So that, but that the, was pretty yeah, obvious. The problem is every time on TV they say, but immigrants are the backbone of this country. Somebody's got to scream. We're not talking about immigrants. We're talking about illegals. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's one of those things where they really want to change the conversation. I, I think that there are some people who know about this issue and know that most Americans are still opposed to illegal immigration. So they feel like the best way to change it is to just turn all immigrants into the same category. And, um, you know, that's, that's really not fair to actual immigrants. And you know what, Mark? We're seeing the actual legal immigrant community push back on this just as much as everyone else. Oh, you know, good. Donald Trump got more Latino votes than Mitt Romney did. But it isn't just that. You know, the pushback on sanctuary cities in Maryland, for example, has been coming from legal Latino immigrants who are tired of having people, even if it's their own, you know, you know countrymen, jump the line in front of them after, and, or not take the line that they had to you know, stand in. And that is a really important fact that a lot of people are completely clueless about. I mean, everyone just thinks, oh, well, if you're Latino, you must be in favor of illegal immigration, which is really, <laughs> that's actually a racist position to take. Uh, but that, that seems to be above the heads of a lot of people out there. Hey, uh, Jake Novak, uh, we have this agreement to open up Cuba, and now Donald Trump wants to redo it. Uh, it, it, was, it, it was one of those Obama-John Kerry agreements where you write anything you want, and we'll just sign it? Yeah. Well, you know, that was an amazing, amazing event on Friday. I don't know how many of your listeners saw it, but, but Donald Trump going to Little Havana and putting on that incredible piece of political theater. And I don't say that as criticism. Listen, politicians need to act like politicians sometimes to, to win elections and to prove that they're effective. For him to go there and to bring dissidents onto the stage and have that guy playing the violin, and if you saw that at the end, who as a little child played the Star Spangled Banner at great personal sacrifice and, and, and risk when he was a child you know, on the shores of Cuba, it was an amazing moment, and it's one of those things that will really help him in a state that, you know, every vote counts in Florida. I mean, you can't win the presidency without Florida, and neither party really can, can win it without Florida. So it was 
not the hugest change in policy. There are some things that will be changed in the policy, according to the, according to the Trump administration, when they hammer everything out. I do believe there will be some changes. But everyone who's going around saying, well, it's not that much of a significant change, they sound like the kid in class who, who reminds the teacher to give you homework. That's not <laughs> the point. The point is that this is a political uh, move that he's done to get tremendous support among a key swing voting group in, you know, it, well, not a swing voting group, but a key, in a, squ- a key swing state. And it was very effective. And until people start to understand that, they're never going to understand this. Program. Ah, so it's more, it's also about uh, holding Florida in the midterms next year. It's not a bad move. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, what's going to happen today in Georgia, this special election? I think the Democrats are going to lose. They've lost every special election this year. You know, and that's that's a good point. You know, win or lose this. So there's been a lot of people saying this is a big move against Trump if if they lose, and this really shows something. They've lost all these special elections, and yes, they've, some of them have been closer than people thought. But that doesn't matter. Yeah, listen, in politics, we, do you ever see a political party feel ashamed that they only won by a couple of votes? They 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 rule as if they won by a million. They don't care. So yes, winning by a, la- a little bit would be f- obviously fine for the Trump administration. But even if they lose it, Mark, they have spent so much outside money on this. This is the most expensive House race of all time. So anyone who says, so let's say Ossoff wins, Joel, the, the Democrat John Ossoff wins. That doesn't mean that there is some kind of you know, reaction against Trump so much in in a Republican district. It means maybe he doesn't have as tremendous support, but he didn't really have tremendous support anyway. It means that millions and millions of dollars of outside money uh, had an effect. Um, but I think I think you're I think that you're right. I think there's a very good chance that that Handel will win anyway. And again, win or lose, though, all this shows is that there's a lot of outside money going against Donald Trump. You know what else is new? <laughs> all right. Well, Jake Novak, great stuff. If you want to read his column, just go to CNBC.com, Jake Novak, or, or follow him on Twitter. It's Jake Novak at Twitter, right? Uh, it's uh, Jake Jake NY at, at Jake Jake NY at Jake Jake NY. But if you yeah. type in search Jake Novak, if yeah, you forget, you'll it'll, find me. it'll take you right there. <laughs> hey, always great talking to you. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me on. All right, take care. Uh, oh, check out the webpage. We've got a lot of good stuff up there today. Uh, Megan Kelly, oh, uh, take a look at this. This was her greatest moment. She farted live on TV. Watch, you'll see. Uh, oh, also, I love this song. In fact, pass this around. This is one of the great. I'm not a big country fan, but this is the greatest country song ever written. Very funny, very sad. It's called I Think My Dog's a Democrat. You'll love the lyrics. And then watch this. It's Joe Pesci. As Darth Vader. I think it really improves the movie. Uh, it's all up on the webpage. Go to 710WOR.com, then go over to the Mark Simone page, or just go to 710WOR.com slash Mark. 710WOR.com slash Mark. Mr. New York, Mark Simone. On 710WOR. Well, we'll take some calls. 800 710 is the number. Everybody's uh, texting me. Check Breitbart. Check Breitbart. Oh, I'm the lead story. <laughs> well, it's about Megyn Kelly, but they have some of my tweets up there. Uh, the news is uh, Megyn Kelly, uh, the full ratings are now in for Sunday night. And she remember she was in third place the first week and then the second week, third place with even lower numbers. She was down 42% the second week. Well, uh, full ratings now in for the third week. She moved out of third place. Into fourth place, so I think it's the wrong direction, but it, it's not. It's not going well. Uh, let's see. Also, yeah, I mentioned this before. Time Warner is producing ten new television series. They're getting a hundred million dollars to develop ten new TV series for Snapchat. Now, how do you watch something on? I mean, I, you know, it's great to watch those little videos. You know, can you watch Snapchat on a regular computer screen? I don't know. 
I think it's only on your phone. So, uh, but th- you know, most people now, believe it or not, over fifty percent of Americans now watch television on their phone or tablet, and a laptop or desktop. Uh, the actual TV set is a second screen for most people now. But if uh, they're doing TV series for Snapchat, so would that mean every character has like rabbit ears and whiskers? <laughs> you know the stupid Snapchat pictures. Uh, I don't know. The problem is everybody has to get into every business. Remember Amazon just sold books and then gradually they sold everything. Now they're going to be supermarkets. Uh, and now Amazon is a TV network. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, if I were Netflix, I'd start selling books. Everybody has to get into everybody else's business. Facebook, uh, very smart. You notice how Facebook evolves very fast. You know, as soon as uh, Snapchat came along, Facebook developed all those videos, you know, Facebook Live and all the video stuff. Everybody keeps evolving and changing. As soon as Instagram got hot, Facebook took over Instagram. But you notice Twitter, which is a great thing, never evolves, and it's it's struggling, and that's why. You can look at Twitter five years ago and Twitter today. Nothing has changed. Uh, where's their video features? Where's, uh, you know, and it's still that 140 characters. If they could just expand that box, just double the size of a tweet, Everything would change. Put in some more video. I mean, the only thing that's changed in five years, uh, when you go to tweet, instead of a rectangle box, now it's got rounded corners. That was the big change in five years. Hey, we're out of time. Rush is next. Sean Hannity, three to six. And uh, don't forget, we got the Mets right here tonight. They take on Los Angeles. What a game last night. Uh, tonight's game, 9 o'clock, right here in Sports Zone at 6. And I'll see you tomorrow, 10 to noon. Thanks for listening. It's 710 WOR. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.